0: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night this is the code of conduct with the king podcast i am your host jay spencer king and i am back it is monday august 16th 2021 we have football this past weekend i got to see my boys this past weekend in full gear And can I just say that the white face mask is a thing of beauty? And I let the track laugh right at that moment, because it was just funny how we've been waiting all this time to see these doggone face masks, and it is a thing of beauty. This past Friday, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Detroit Lions by a field goal in the last minutes by our guy, Tyler Bass. And there's a couple of things I kind of want to talk about when I, when I watch the game. I see a lot of people, obviously, every year we always overreact to, um, shameless plug in there for Joe, we always overreact to um, everything in a preseason. You know, somebody runs uh, a 50-yard run. There was one guy, there was one guy that got, I think the Patriots had like a 91-yard touchdown or 81-yard touchdown. Oh, he's the best running back in the league. We didn't say that in Buffalo, but we always overreact to everything that happens in the preseason. So I kind of want to take a moment and kind of just think about the game that we got to see. And then I want to think about the overreactions that I saw. And then I want to kind of bring some stability <laughs> to our way of thinking as a fan base. Because first thing that, that I saw was like, and I've said this myself personally, but not based off of Friday. Like, oh, Super Bowl. <laughs> We're winning the Super Bowl now. The Bills are Super Bowl champions. Like we're proclaiming ourselves to be champions before the season already begins. You know, we finally found our franchise quarterback. We extended him now. We paired him with a superstar wide receiver. We haven't had that since Jim Kelly and Andre Reid or Jim Kelly. And now granted, I know we had Fitz and Modes, but Fitz is not a franchise guy. You know, we gave him the extension. It didn't quite work out. So now we have a guy in Josh Allen who is the guy and he knows what he's doing. He's a beast on every level. We paired him with a superstar wide receiver. Our defense looks like it might be back. We have a hell of a defensive line. We're going to talk about that a little later. I got Sterling and Joe joining me. So we're going to talk about the breakdown of the the defensive line. We're going to talk about pretty much everything. But again, I'm seeing everybody like, oh, we got it. We got it. Isaiah McKenzie won the the return role. He's the best you know, Swiss Army knife in the league. Cool. But then on the other hand, we have... um, a bunch of people who who still view the team in a negative light, like you know, oh well, I always got to pick fun at my guy EJ from PFF and a cold front report. Oh, you know, uh, Trey White isn't a top five corner, you know, or you know, we have Josh Allen still hasn't, you know, it's one season. Pump your brakes. It's one season. I know he was MVP runner up, but he's not that dude. Just relax. You know, we get those takes, and we get. Oh, Cole Beasley is going to catch COVID and the whole team is going to end up having to cancel games anyway. And you're going to suck. You know, so we we get both sides on the extreme. We have to fall somewhere in the middle to be realistic. So I kind of want to start there because the buzz in Western New York and really all around the country, depending on where you're at, depending on where you live, you know that there is a buzz surrounding the Buffalo Bills when you watch. NFL Network, or you log on to NFL.com, The Athletic, or wherever you choose to get your content from, you see Buffalo Bills is in the top, we're always in the topic of conversation now. And it feels good. (laughs) It feels real good that like now I don't have to search. Like I used to have to go and search for content. Now it's literally everywhere. And as a Bills content creator, it's refreshing for me because people are seeking me out. People are calling, hey, can you do this guest spot for me? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? It works. When content writes itself, it makes my job a whole lot easier. And I'm I'm sure Sterling and Joe can both attest to that when they jump in here. But in reality, the thing is the Buffalo Bills are set up in a position that we are better than we've ever been in the last 20 plus years. Right? So we actually going into the season, it's like, yo, these guys are, are really the real deal. They're, they're legitimate. I just don't know exactly where the truth in that lies. So it's like, yeah, we're legitimate. We were in the final four of the league last year. We made it to the AFC conference championship, but we got slacked. Like we got our asses whooped by the Kansas city chiefs. And I know a lot of people want to create excuses let's do that. We can, we can go over the excuses. Diggs had a, I think his, his ribs were, I'm not sure exactly what the injury was, but he had, he had a core injury. Uh, Beasley had a broken leg. Devin Singletary got benched because he dropped a pass. And then amongst other things, there was a lot of things that we can point to as an excuse as to the reason why we didn't win and get that. However, we didn't win <laughs> just period. When we played Kansas city earlier in the season, Bills fans don't like to say this, but we got our ass whooped. It wasn't as close as it looked like the score at the final score. Yeah, we only lost by what, 10 points or 11 points, something like that. But in reality, they really had their way with us. They ran when they felt like running. If Pat wanted to throw, if Patrick Mahomes wanted to throw, there were lanes. If you, For those of you who watched the All-22, for those of you who actually get to see it from every perspective and every angle, believe me when I tell you, they, there was a lot of, there was a lot of plays that were just open they could have done what they wanted to do so fast forward now headed into this season what's the realistic expectation can the buffalo bills actually this year defeat the Kansas City Chiefs this year are the buffalo bills good enough to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady Tom Brady has been the thorn in our side his entire career and it just so happens now he's in Tampa Bay as opposed to New England but he's been he's been smacking us his entire career Are we good enough now with Josh Allen, MVP runner-up from last season, to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? If we, in the playoffs, if we run into whoever, are we there? I don't know. I don't know. So the realistic expectation, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring Sterling in now. My man Joe will be in in a little bit. We're going to bring Sterling in now, and we're going to talk about this. Sterles, what is the realistic expectation for you as the fan going into this season? Because like I said, I laid it out. We have the fan base. We have those who are in love with the team. We're like, yo, Super Bowl. We got it. Mm hmm. Buffalo Bills undefeated. And we're going to the Super Bowl. We got those fans, right? And then we have the other fans that are like, nah, we still not quite there. Let's let's pump our brakes and wait to see what Josh really is, or wait to see if the defense can improve. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Man, it's hard to separate being a fan and then being analytical, right? You know, like, for, for those of us who do content, you know, for fun or for a living, whatever you want to call it, like, for me, I have to watch the game on Sunday as a fan, and then I have to go re-watch the game on the All-22 as a, as an analyst, right? And looking at this Bills team, I mean, I think it's warranted. I mean, I think it's okay to be excited about the team because they're really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I think we also have to keep our our minds of what we've kind of been through as a as a fan base over the last 20 years right so you have your negative fans like you mentioned who just think everything the bills do is trash right and then you have your other bills fans who think everything they do is just the second coming so where i stand is the bills are going to be really good but they definitely have areas where they can improve just like every other team right however if xyz happen there is no reason why they should not at least be challenging for an AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, shout out to my girl T Tia Stale. Uh First of all, Tia Stell is my girl. I'm gonna I'm shout her out again in a moment here. Uh, shout out to Tia Estelle for the T. super chat. I appreciate you. That's my home girl from built in Buffalo. I love T. Um, but I agree with you, Sterols. Like, so when you when you look at it and you're talking about the areas of improvement and you're talking about um, what we have to do to take that step forward. Like I mentioned, can we beat the Chiefs this year? Can we, because we lost to them twice last season. We lost to the Titans. I know, I know people, again, we can use excuses. Like yeah. nobody wanted to be on that field because they changed it for COVID. Trey White didn't want to go. Like we can, we can bring in the excuses. I get it. I get it. As a fan, when you take an L, you got to have to defend it, right? So I get that. But moving past that, we lost the game. Yeah. That was one of the three losses that we had on the season last year. Are we there? Can we beat the Titans if we had to go up head-to-head with them right now in the playoffs? Can we beat the Chiefs? Can we beat the Bucs if we meet them in the Super Bowl? There's not a team in the NFL the Bills cannot beat. I mean, there
1: and there's so much parity in the league. This is the best Bills team we've had. I mean, this Bills team is better this year than they were last year. They are. And uh, I, I think it, what it really comes down to, what 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 Josh Allen are we going to get that day? That's what it really comes down to. If mm-hmm. we get MVP, Josh, it's a game. It's a, There's not a team in the NFL that can beat the Bills. They are that good. When, when Josh Allen is on his game, like Dice, slicing, and Dice, and examples would be San Francisco. Examples would be Seattle. I mean, we could go, you know, there's a lot of games where Josh Allen was top notch. And then there's sometimes like an AFC championship game where if everything rides on him, eh, you kind of, eh, you know what I'm saying? So, I think
0: well, well, wait. I want because I kind of want to play devil's advocate, and I want to dis- not disagree fully, but I want to disagree for the sake of this conversation. So y- you say if J- MVP Josh shows up, I feel like in the AFC Championship, MVP Josh showed up. I feel like the team around him who helped him become MVP Josh didn't show up. So I think honestly, Josh was the best player on the field in the AFC ch- on, for the Bills team for the AFC Championship game, and I feel like obviously the injuries. Which it, here comes those excuses that I was talking right. about. Um, You know, if your if your best wide receiver can't get open because he's limited physically, it's just not going to it's not going to be beneficial to anybody involved. So I don't I don't want to put too much pressure on Josh because it almost sounds like how the NFL network earlier this year was like Josh still has to be better. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. But I disagree because I feel like, hey, if Aaron Rodgers didn't have the year that he had, like, first of all, that was an incredibly insane year that Aaron Rodgers had last year under normal circumstances, the year Josh Allen had is a MVP season under normal circumstances. So I feel like Josh is there. I'm, I'm not even – to be honest, I'm not even worried about – I think they called it Sugar High Josh put before. Like that was what we were calling it. I'm not even worried about like him trying to play hero ball. So when you say if MVP Josh shows up, then there's not a team that can beat him. Right. I'm more on the side of if last year's – or the year before last year's defense shows up, we're unbeatable.
1: Well, I think I think they're two in the same, but you also have to look at Josh Allen. That was the biggest game Josh Allen's ever played in an AFC Championship game. And there were missed throws. He has to play near perfect until some of the other guys can, can do their part, whether it's mm-hmm. injuries or excuses, whatever you want to make, there has to be a running game. That, but, but Josh Allen has to be the catalyst. He has to be on fire. If he's on fire, there's not a team. That can beat the Bills. There's not, and in the AFC Championship game, I mean, I think there were a lot of factors. I mean, I think they, we were out coached. Let's not forget that, and we lost in the trenches, right? Josh Allen has to overcome those things. He has to overcome those things for the Bills to win that Super Bowl. I mean, we're talking, and we're not talking. Josh has to. I'm not saying Josh has to take a, a monumental leap, but it's just mm-hmm. just a little bit. It's just a little bit from where he is right now. Just a little bit, you know. And, and I'm talking. You're talking Aaron Rodgers level, Tom Brady level dominating, like it's it's a foregone conclusion. Like Josh Allen's gonna, it's over, right? When we start talking about him that way. And I don't even think Mahomes is that right now, right? We you know, Mahomes isn't the ultimate closer. I would say right now, the best closer in the game is Tom Brady. Hmm. Right? That and that's just my opinion, right? It's okay. And, and I and I think that. And six, six championships prove that. Now, we could say, oh, well, the defense helped and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, that's great. But, you know, Josh is on his way. I think he's on his way. And he has to play a perfect game right now until the running game comes to, to help, until the offensive line can, can block Chris Jones, until the defense, you know, Levi Wallace isn't continually being picked on and we can cover tight ends, right? He has to overcome a lot. So, but it's still there. I, yeah. I would put I would put the bills in the in the I, I'm OK with saying the bills are going to make the Super Bowl this year. I'm OK with that. And you know, I don't go crazy and I'm not, you know, over here pie in the sky bills fan and and, and thinking that. But I, it's 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 reality, man.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. My man, Richard Rush says, preach, Sterling. So you're already in the church. We don't need that offering <laughs> basket to come around with these super chats and whatnot. Shout out to my sister. My sister, Jamie, is in the building. That's obviously Joe's sister, but I claim his whole family as my own. So shout out to Jamie. Your brother will actually be joining us here shortly as well. Um, shout out to my man, Brian, is in the building. Every, all, the, all the usual suspects are here. want to appreciate everybody. Um, I just, going back to our conversation, man, I, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, especially those of us who, you know, are in the content creation world, I feel like we overanalyze Josh. I really do. And I'm not. And maybe this is the Homer in me coming out now. Maybe it's because I love him so much, maybe because I think he's perfect and he looks great in shorts, like everybody says. And I think like when he has the visor, I think visor Josh is is like I just I just something happens, I I tingle, you know pause like something something just ain't right you know like i get excited when i see josh with the visor and he's like out there dropping dimes so part of me feels like we're overly analytical because if i guarantee you there are about 25 other teams in the nfl that wishes that they had the type of play that josh allen is going put forward going coming forward and what we saw last season um and last week on on the hump day hotline i actually talked about how no, he wasn't the most accurate his rookie season. And even his second year, he kind of still, he needed to improve some more. He made improvements, but he needed to take another step forward. I still, like, for his career, he's put up elite numbers in the red zone. He's put up elite numbers in several different areas that matter when it comes to winning. So when it comes to that, I just feel like when we're saying, like, still needs to be better, he needs to be like Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's been that. He's been a he's been a closer. His second year in the league, he led the league in, in fourth quarter comeback wins. So I think he's just as clutch as... To, now, I know we're talking about Super Bowls here when you compare comparing them to Tom Brady, but I think Tom Brady, and you mentioned it, he had those defenses to go with it. He had Bill Belichick to go with it. So the experience and the total, I guess, everything combined helped Tom Brady be there. Sean McDermott is not... is He's not Belichick yet. Now, do I think he can get there? I don't know if he'll get six Super Bowls, but do I think he'll be good enough? I think he's absolutely already proven that he's a great leader. I think he's a man of men. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy that that men don't mind following. And that's tough, especially in a league like so in in college is is a little bit easier because obviously there's there's now there's money involved, but there wasn't money involved before. It's scholarships. You kind of get to tell these these young men who are growing these kids growing to be men. You kind of help develop them. Whereas now in the NFL, you got a bunch of grown ass men. You're not about to tell these men how they come to Buffalo. These guys are looking forward to becoming the best versions of themselves. And it's not it's not in the sense where they're like robotic like everything that we hear out of New England. It's not how it's like it's only winning and there's no fun and there's no no, there's fun in Buffalo. There's enjoyment in Buffalo. Guys are taking pay cuts to stay in Buffalo because they love it. They have fun. you see all these handshakes and high fives with Josh Allen on the sideline. You hear Josh Allen mic'd up and he's like making jokes about people I don't even remember like he's like did that thing clear up or whatever. Just making fun of people and they're enjoying it. So, from the sense of that perspective, I think Josh will have that support, and he'll have all of that. But as of right now, man, I don't know. I just, I just really feel like, I just really feel like we overanalyze the Josh Allen take. So,
1: and I, I get where you're coming from, but just think of like, just think of the Chiefs. You, you got guys like Kelsey and Hill
2: uh, mm-hmm. outside
1: of Mahomes on the defensive side. You got Honey Badger. You, they had a a really good uh, a rookie cornerback last year that 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 play well their whole their whole secondary was lights out towards the end of the season you know um they they have more top-end talent than the bills so Mm -hmm. where patrick mahomes doesn't have to be perfect you see what i'm saying right now we don't have um we have a lot of depth but we don't have a lot of top-end talent outside of trey white outside of Stephon diggs outside of of Josh Allen, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think their top end talent wins, right? We we are not there yet. So in order for us to 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 get to the mountaintop, that's where I'm saying Josh Allen, he has to do even more than what's typically expected of a normal quarterback. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. To if that, if that makes more sense. Until no, it makes sense. I, top I got end talent so it's not a knock against Josh Allen and his development, what he's done, but we do lack some of the the top tier talent to to overcome you know where josh doesn't have to be be all and do everything and you know what what that's that's
0: that's that's, if i'm honest that's the reason why and i don't really talk about it much publicly because i just don't feel like dealing with trolls from the internet but um that's part of the reason why i'm critical of patrick mahomes because i truly believe the same thing and this is why i'm overly critical of baker mayfield because i truly believe if josh allen had those type of rosters year one two and three the Bills would have they would have had a Super Bowl just like the Chiefs did, like oh, without exact like with the, I I swear on everything. The reason why I'm so tough on Baker and this is the so like I'll put I'll put all my bum ass Baker takes to bed now. Like I'll stop being difficult on him this year. I promise like that's that's over. But the reason why I've been so so critical of Baker Mayfield is because it seems like, first of all, you got two great. Not not good. Not OK. You have two great running backs. Mm-hmm. So like when when Chubb is injured Or when somebody's suspended You still got a guy that can rush for 125 yards Any Sunday So you got two guys in the backfield That can lead any backfield Then receivers Let's not talk about the fact you got two Typically number one receivers Plus a couple guys that are like, like The second So you have a very Like you said, top end talent Two tight ends that are like two Give the Buffalo Bills one Give us Njoku Come on, bro Come, give us Njoku. Preach, bro. Preach. So when I so when I go in on Baker, it's not because I don't think Baker's the NFL quarterback. It's not because I don't think Baker has he's he's a for what I've from what I've seen in Cleveland, Baker is a good leader. Even though I like I give him a tough time. Baker's a good leader. The team loves him. They rally around him. You don't hear his teammates having issues with Baker. Baker is the leader. His teammates yeah. are like, how about Getting those W's for your team, though, man. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, oh, he had a great year, his rookie year. He's going to be, no, he didn't win. They didn't make the playoffs. His second year, they didn't make the playoffs. People talk about Josh. Josh made the playoffs two out of three years. Put some respect on my quarterback's name with a lesser roster. The second year of his career, Josh Allen made the playoffs with John Brown and Cole Beasley as his one and two. And that's not a knock on those guys. I love John Brown and Cole Beasley. Right. But John Brown and Cole Beasley is not Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. It's just not. It's just not. So when I when I have these discussions about Baker, and I, I do it jokingly and I make fun of him, but you can't tell me that if Josh Allen was, if he was drafted one overall by the Cleveland Browns, you can't tell me with that roster he wouldn't have been a better version. Of, now, I love him here. I love him here. But I'm just saying, like, he has that talent around him. I don't believe anybody. Now, again, Freddie Kitchens was not the best coach. Uh, You know, so I I understand leadership has a lot to do with Josh's development. But what I'm just – I'm talking about pure talent. You put the type of talent that the Kansas City Chiefs or the the Browns have around Josh, and now he has it this year. I think now Josh has that around him completely. I know you just mentioned you don't think the top-level talent is there. I'm going to disagree. I think the Buffalo Bills this year, this is the best roster the Buffalo Bills have put on the field ever, in my opinion. Looking at what I've seen, and the Bills have had some stud. They've had, obviously, we've had the 90s. We had Thurman. We've had Bruce. If we had a Bruce on his team, geez, man, because that's all we're missing. That's all we're missing. Before I before I let you comment on that, I'm going to bring my brother in. I'm going to bring Joe in because I know we just heard the the the, uh, the tail end of that comment. I kind of want Joe's perspective on that, man. How do you feel about – because what we're talking about here is is how I think people are overly critical of Josh Allen. Oh, and for sure. I, and I think a lot of times – well, yeah. So it's like a lot of times what we'll do is he still needs to be better. He had like 4,500 yards passing and 37 touchdowns. And, you know, like it was a, a fantastic year, but we still keep saying he has to do more. He has to do more. Right. And then when you look at teams like the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and you look at um, the the – the browns and these Ooh. rosters if josh allen had that with the year he had last year you can't tell me he doesn't have a super bowl right. how do you feel about that and how do you perceive the the difference in um a criticism and then b you know is it fair
3: uh I'm with you 100%. I think, uh, so I had computer trouble. Of course, the the time that I'm running hot is the time that the computer shut down during the day. And we all know (laughs) what happens when you restart your computer. Everything is sideways and backwards. No, when I walked, when I walked, when I got audio, I heard you say what the bills right now don't have. There's my sister. What the bills right now don't have is a Bruce. And you're exactly right. That's exactly what the what the Buffalo Bills don't have. And he does, in fact, in my opinion, get unfair criticism. He's under a microscope, and I think part of that is because he didn't come in heralded like Jim Kelly did. He came in as a project, and oh, by the way, the majority of us didn't want him. We wanted Josh mm-hmm. Rosen, which compiles the problem. Uh, but I'm firmly in the camp uh, with with Bruce Nolan, which is that if we get 2020 Josh Allen forever, He's worth every penny of the 300 million we're going to pay him over the next eight years. Every penny. Give me that. Give me. I would love to see him take a next step, but if he doesn't, give me
0: 2020 Josh Allen forever. Like I'm good. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm with you 100%. Because, it, like I said earlier, and this is not a not, I know there's a lot of Jim fans, like Jim Kelly fans. So I'm not, this is not a shot at Jim. I truly believe we now have the best quarterback on our roster that we've ever had. In the in the city of Buffalo, has he shown us that yet? I'm not going to go that far. I feel like he's broken records already. Like, yeah, he has team records, but what I think is he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get us to Super Bowl. Right? It it might not be this year. It might not be. Josh Allen is going to win a Super Bowl in his career. So, you know, I I truly believe we have the best quarterback the Buffalo Bills organization has ever had.
3: When you when you say when you sorry 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 uh uh Sterlis. so when you say that you're saying not necessarily at this moment you just believe when it's all said and done this guy is going to be the best quarterback. Yeah. To be, okay, I Sterl said he agreed. I'm in that camp.
0: Yeah, you, I, I think, think we got him. I think we got him. So, um Sterl, I give you a chance to kind of to to touch on that before we move on to the topics that I sent you guys. <laughs> this this conversation wasn't supposed to go 25 yeah. minutes.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just in to reiterate. You know, if you if you put. Josh Allen on the Chiefs, Browns, the Rams, Tampa. It's a championship. Mm. It's a championship. And it, there's nothing wrong with saying a couple of things. One, like you just mentioned, I do think Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Jim Kelly. That's just my opinion. That's I just do. my opinion. Um, but also, uh, we have potential for that top, that top end talent, but it's just not there yet. Right. Um, hopefully guys like Gregory Russo and some of these guys materialize into, to, to, you know, their ceiling, but mm-hmm. you know, some of these other teams have those guys. Right. And so I think when you have those difference makers, you, like, we're about, you know, just rearing in point, you know, Josh doesn't have to do everything right now. Josh has to do everything. Right. The bills want to win bowl Super He has to do everything right. As of right now, we're not talking about potential, but right now he has to do everything. That's why Russell yeah. Wilson only has one title, because Russ typically has to do everything.
0: Mm. No, Russ only has one title because he had a good defense that year. If he didn't have a defense, he wouldn't have any titles right yeah, but now. Because even with him that, doing everything, no, you're right. I'm agreeing with you, Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying he had a defense. If, Aaron if it wasn't for the Legion to boom, it was over.
1: Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl. Well, they mismanaged him. We could talk about the Packers, but they mismanaged him. Hmm. But so it, 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 takes, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get that done.
0: Agreed. All right. Well, let's let's uh get into some of these topics. We had we had our first preseason game last Friday, and I know everybody was excited about it. I know I saw Joe tweeting. I saw Sterling tweeting. I saw everybody tweeting. So um I had a chance. I, I watched it, but I actually ended up going to the Cardinals game out here to to watch that as well. So um first question I got for you guys, man, who's winning the practice squad, the quarterback position? We saw Davis Webb do some things and we saw Jake Fromm do some things. What do you think? Because one of them ain't going to make it. You go first, Sterls uh davis webb is he he's the uh he's the coach
1: right let's just call it what it is so so he's he's practice squad guy i I think you spent a fifth round asset in uh jake Fromm. i think he's he's your he's your quarterback three i I think Mm -hmm. developmentally long term i think there's more value in him being a backup quarterback because Trubisky's going to be gone. So I think it goes just as last year. Mm -hmm. I think Davis Webb is your practice squad. He's your coach, right? And then you got Jake Fromm wins QB3.
0: Well, Eli agrees with you. Eli says hot take. He says uh, Webb will be cut to become coach, and Fromm becomes QB3. So, I mean, like, you're not the only one thinking this way. What do you think, Joe? I don't think – I. I have reversed stance a little bit. I'm not sure that the Buffalo Bills are going to keep
3: three quarterbacks. Obviously, one will go to the practice squad. I I would be surprised if two did. I'd start with this, and I said this last night. Is it me or if Josh Allen and and uh Davis Webb, Webb or Josh Allen and JP Losman had a baby, wouldn't it be Davis Webb? Like the way that like the the body frame, the lankiness, the long face, they they both have a 7 on their jersey. Like when I was watching Davis Webb play, he looked a little bit like a cross between the two of them. Neither one of them on that on Friday night were necessarily settled. Davis Webb seemed a little erratic in his behavior. He played well. Uh, and obviously, you know, what we saw from Jake Fromm with with the turnstile, and I said last night as well, that a turnstile would have been better in front of him because at least there would have been some resistance when, <laughs> when the end came off the edge. Right. I mean, some resistance. Uh, he was clearly not settled, but he still gutted it in long enough to get that ball to Stevenson, which was a perfectly thrown ball that Stevenson ran under. Um, I don't know at this point in time. I think it's too early to call who's going to win. I feel like going forward, that the better complement to Josh Allen's skill set is potentially Davis Webb. However, Mm -hmm. I agree with Sterling. I think that when you spend that capital, you want to give that, and you know you've got the backup right now that you've got QB two is only going to be here for one year. I think that you're probably going to invest that time unless David Davis Webb super like really like impresses. I just I'm not sure that he will. But yeah, so I, I'm probably in the same camp as Sterls. And I know that's against a little bit where you're probably at, right? Spence.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good though. That 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 gives us a, a little bit of variety here because I honestly, I, I think, I think that Fromm was only, and I've said this a hundred times now, I think that Fromm was only drafted just for two reasons. One, his draft grade was so high that where we actually drafted him, it was almost like if we pass up on his kid, like the value in it, it it would just be, it would be crazy. But then secondly, I think the reason why we drafted him was just to keep him away from the New England Patriots. Agreed. So so at this point, I don't think that his skill set, to Joe's point, I don't think that his skill set matches what Josh is. So for instance, part of the reason why I was so adamant about the Bills not trading away Mitch Trubisky is because if Josh goes out and, and Mitch has to come in, the game plan doesn't have to change much besides the fact that obviously Josh can do He's just more capable to do certain things. For sure. Um, but you don't have to change the game plan. If Jake Fromm was to come in, the entire offense changes. The, the 100% the entire offense changes. Right. So I don't see Jake Fromm being as valuable just because he's a draft pick. I think Bing can trade him. You know, I think he, yeah. we can get a, a fifth or a sixth back for him. You know, I don't think that he's going to be um, – I don't think Brandon Bean is going to take an L completely on it, but I just I just don't see Jake Fromm being the guy that fits with this roster. I think I think what we got to consider though is is the
3: is is the offense and Sturles might be able to speak to this a little bit more than I can. Is the offense still morphing? Is it still transitioning from? Uh, he's not because he runs. He's way more athletic than than Kyle Orton was. But is the offense still morphing from 2018 Josh Allen, who could basically hit his back foot and just take off at any second because he didn't trust his O-line and he, he didn't trust his wide receivers? Transitioning to 2020, uh, 2020 where he ran fewer other than a couple, like some design runs, there's an expectation this year he's going to run less. What happens if by the end of 2021 he's not running outside of the red zone? I think Josh Allen will always be a weapon with his legs inside the red zone. But I think between the twenties or from the from the from the goal line to the twenty, I think they're gonna ask him to stop running and not do design runs as much as long as they can be more efficient. So all that to say this, if the offense continues to morph to less run, is From skill set that much less like that much different? I was impressed with some of the throws. He made the hardest pass in football, which is the out, right? He threw an out mm-hmm. in that game, which a lot of people coming in, we were told he couldn't throw because he had a noodle arm, and he completed it. He completed it well. So I guess that's my question for both of you. I mean, are we sure that this, the offense that we saw in 19, 18, 19, 20 is going to be what we're going to see in 22, 23, and 24?
0: you to take a stab at that, Sturls?
1: Yeah, I, I think stylistically, yes. I, I think it's going to be because this this offense was catered for Josh Allen's skill set and his maturation thus far in his process. Right. Um, first of all, there is not a quarterback in the NFL like Josh Allen. Agreed. They're just not. So you, we can't draft that guy. That guy is not on our roster, right? Mm-hmm. The plus side of that is, is Brian Dable has shown that he is very adept at game planning and, and and putting guys in position to win. So I think whether it's Davis Webb or or that's Jake Fromm, I think he has the ability to 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 create a game plan for the Bills to win or be in contention, you know, because he's a thinking man's coordinator. He the, this guy he changes and morphs mm-hmm. throughout the season. Right. Okay. And we have to remember that there are some there are some play callers who just kind of stay the same. Andy Reid is one of those guys too they 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 changed and they morph throughout the season. So mm-hmm. um th- those are great things to 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 have and Jake Fromm like Davis Webb is what you saw on Saturday that's as best as he's ever going to be. Right? We still don't know what Jake Fromm is yet. We just right. don't. We just don't. This is the first time we've seen him play in a Bills uniform.
3: First time the Buffalo Bills have seen him yeah. play in a Bills uniform.
1: <laughs> so we we don't know yet. So um I think when Brandon Beans falls asleep at night, I think he's like, "They brought Trubisky here for a reason because That's they true. know, okay, we need more experience, and they let Matt Barkley go." So I, I just think that uh, I think they're sitting in a great place. I, I don't care if Fromm makes the team or not. I, I don't you, care. Go ahead.
3: Uh, you make a you make a valid point. You said that they let Matt Barkley go, but I mean Jake Fromm in the at the very least is an upgraded version of Matt Barkley, and they were happy with Matt Barkley as the QB two for two years.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, well, Matt wait, let's not, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, man. Come on. Let's not disrespect Matt Barkley by saying no, no Jake disrespect. Fromm is an upgraded version of Matt Barkley. Like we haven't seen Jake Fromm in the NFL yet. And Matt Barkley. Scenario.
3: I said worst case scenario. He's potentially, I mean, best case, best case. He gets traded and wants to be a starter somewhere and, and wins it wins a starting job someplace. Worst case scenario for him. I guess worst case is he could be cut. I mean, worst case for us as Bills fans. You know he's potentially an upgrade over Barkley. I just,
0: you're right. We haven't seen him. We haven't. Seen I don't him, think he's an upgrade though. But, I, but like, at, I would rather have my, Matt Barkley on his team than Matt Jay Barkley.
3: Frum. Matt Barkley went in for one play against the Chargers and took it in the face by Joey Bosa. I mean, that's what Matt Barkley does. He had one good football game as a Buffalo Bill. The Jets, the very first game he played. Yeah, that was it.
0: I, I, well, and I also I think, think that the. Well, I, I think the Bills had Matt Barkley on the team to help Josh's development, not necessarily really to have him as a. But I, I get it. He had the backup role. Right. But they, they were really hoping that Josh was super healthy, which I'm sure every year we do. But yeah. they were hoping he would never get injured. And it was literally just about having a coach's eyes with Josh. I don't think that's the same can be said about Jake Fromm. So when we say he's an upgrade, oh, the purpose of, of, of Fromm. Well, no, I mean, upgrade. That part, or I don't think he's a good football player. So I don't think he's going to be do, as good how do you know? as Matt Barkley. Because in college, he wasn't. Good. Come on, Joe. Like, there's a reason he fell all the way to the fifth. Jake Fromm is not that dude that that everybody thought he was going to be coming. Like, there were people who were saying he was going to go in the first round.
3: I hate to say this, but Tom Brady fell to the sixth. You just don't Tom know. Tom Brady is not every. Come on. When Tom Brady came out, came out of Michigan, there was a reason that he went in the
0: sixth round. He was not that, that
2: dude. I <laughs> can agree with you
0: weird. there. I can agree with you there, but I also I also very, very, very seriously doubt that scouts haven't gotten better in that sense. Like you don't you don't really get the GOATs being seventh and eighth round picks like that no more. Like you're not getting guys who are like the best in the league getting drafted or coming in as undrafted free agents. Like how often does that happen now?
3: Well, it's never happened often. So, but I still, I still see teams whiff on Mariota and whiff on Jameis Winston and whiff on quarterbacks year after year after year. Sam Darnold, I see, I see teams whiff all the time. So I don't, I, I, I want to, I want to agree with you. I'm just not sure that that they haven't figured it out because I don't think they have. I think, I think that I've said it a hundred times: the draft is a crapshoot. It is the, it's you're better off taking a half a million dollars and putting it on black and and spinning the roulette roulette wheel in my in my opinion than drafting somebody in the top ten of the NFL draft. Because you just don't know, it's crapshoot. Aaron Maven. Oh, he went eleventh, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, <laughs> Mike, I, I, Mike Williams went fourth. Where did Dar- Where did Darius go? Darius went fifth, right? Was the fifth or sixth?
1: Uh, hmm. Ninth. Was, was it ninth? ninth? I didn't or think it was third. It was, that there, was, it it was, was third,
3: third. I was gonna say I thought it was. I thought it was top it three. Third. He was third. I, I keep, it was third. Yeah. By the way, are you wearing a Terrence McGee jersey?
0: No, I am wearing a Stefan Gilmore jersey. Oh, I was going to say, mad respect if you're wearing a McGee jersey. I was like, dang, yeah, pull no, that one. Out. I can't find a McGee jersey. I've been looking. Trust me, I can't find it. <laughs> we're going to say, um, Stirls?
1: I-, I think we got to put a little bit of respect on Jake Fromm's name, just a little bit. Uh, nope. He's hold on. Nope. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me. Finish. No, you can
0: finish. I'm just telling you, I won't put respect on his name. But go ahead.
1: Um. Love in it. college he he he's not a bad quarterback. He is not a he was not a bad college quarterback. He was just very inconsistent. Now, he did have the uh, the cupboard full of talent. I'm not saying that he's backup material. He's just at in his career he's just a guy. Matt Barkley, same thing. Matt Barkley had if you want to talk about weapons in college. Matt Barkley had it all. He had it all. Mm-hmm. And though they're just a guy. And that's all from will ever be is just a guy. He's he's Okay. Now, we hope that the only thing that Matt Barkley has over Jake Fromm at this point is what's between the ears, the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from a physical standpoint, they are very much alike and I would argue to say that Jake Fromm probably has a slightly stronger arm if that means anything, right? But but they're I mean they're wash to me. They're wash.
0: They're both washed. You're right. They shouldn't be on the team. <laughs> so I <I'm> wish you. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm just, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to sit here and say that he's just trash. And, you know, because we, well, so no, I trash. didn't call him
0: trash. I didn't call him trash. What I'm saying is, I don't think that he's a good player. So yeah, I didn't say yeah. he's trash. To me, trash means you're like, you shouldn't be in the NFL at all. I believe he has a place in the league. I just, like, he's better than Peterman. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to trash him, but I do not think that. I do not think that he deserves the type of talk that we're giving him right now. Like, oh. we're just anointing this guy as, like, a, a good player. And in college, uh, th- it's the same I conversation. As, wait, wait, wait. It's the same conversation that now Bills fans want to have about Tua because he's on Miami. Oh, he came out of, a off a, 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 like, a pro-ready offense. He had all these weapons, and he should be pro-ready. And now he's not playing. Jake Fromm had all the weapons. He had the team. He had all his stuff. He's If he was that good, he would have been drafted earlier than the fifth. That's, that's all I'm saying he would have been drafted earlier he the, the way we I, talk about Tua in Buffalo because we don't like him he's a Miami player it's the same story it's the not, same storyline
3: you're not wrong but i'm not judging Jake Fromm on some crazy talent that i think he has i'm judging him on the bills drafting him fifth and then we've only seen him in one preseason game that's all i'm that's all i'm judging him on that's it
0: i understand and and i guess where i'm coming from is just that i don't think we would have drafted him if it wasn't for those two things that we talked about like the fact that he was there in the fifth and then the fact that we knew the New England Patriots were probably going to take him a couple picks later if we didn't. Oh, I think, that, was, I, think those- I,
3: I, I think when the Bills drafted him, I literally tweeted that they did that to keep him from keep him out of New England. Like I think I tweeted that at the. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's what I said. Like when he got drafted by the Bills, like oh they're just they're just hiding him from from the Patriots is all they're doing. Luxury pick basically. Yeah. And maybe yeah. not
1: even that. I mean, look at look at what the Bills have done to develop quarterbacks. I mean, he's a fix and flip. You come in here for a couple years. Yeah. We're gonna fix you, and we're gonna trade your ass. That's all yeah. he is. So basically the,
3: flip. when you find your franchise quarterback and then just start building draft capital with quarterback backup quarterbacks that you're developing, yeah. which what the Patriots tried to do for a long time. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's good to do if you can actually do it. So if that's what we're going to use Jake for good, I'm with it. But, but for me to sit here and think that, um, he should, he should win the backup, or not, I mean, obviously Mitch is here, so nobody was saying that tonight, but yeah, yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, yeah. That, that we feel that he should win like a, I think roster, especially this year, roster spots are so valuable, and I just don't want to give one to Jake. I, I just don't, yeah, I don't want to give right. one, you know. Right, uh, real, but quick, wait,
3: wait, real quick. Moving on. Real quick, Brian Bowers, Brian just says Tom Brady was an anomaly, an anomaly. I know he was, so was Josh Allen. I'm just saying that's the point. You just don't know. You can't, a guy comes in, fifth round or not, you can't just, you can't just write him off. I'm gonna he,
1: disagree. I'm gonna disagree. He, Let me tell you why. You're a Michigan watch, fan. No, no, because <laughs> you called here, me out last week on Isaiah Hodgins. Right. I'm calling you out on but Tom Brady. Here's the difference, though. <laughs> I watched Tom Brady in, yeah, you did. in college. Yeah, you did. And, and, and what and what you see, like we talked about Tom Brady's the ultimate closer. He was that for Michigan. He he was just he was battling with Jim uh Drew Henson. That right. that's that's why that's part of the reason why he fell so far, and he didn't test well. Right. That's why he fell to the sixth round. But Tom Brady was the the surgeon. The he was that dude in college. Cere- a,
3: cere-
0: a cerebral guy. He was that gotcha. guy. He right, was we that guy. Just That's, That's all I'm saying. Him. We can move on. Yeah. We just slept on him. You know, they they a bunch of teams slept on him. He got picked and and blew the world right. up. So, but sticking with the quarterback the backup quarterback. So let's talk about Mitch for a second. I'm gonna jump around on the questions, Mitch. Um, there was some criticism from, I don't know why that he was scared or he wasn't really ready for whatever. And he only threw two passes and he got to figure it out. Is that, is, is it more that he, y'all thought he was scared or tentative or do you think that it was the play calling? Cause from how, how I looked at it, um, and we're actually going to talk about Devin shortly, but I looked at it as the first quarter was really a Devin Singletary showcase. Mm. Um, Joe, let's start with you. How do you feel about Mitch Trubisky's performance and his criticism of uh, his his First quarter. So I know that you're you're very
3: good at getting files up on the screen, and maybe it's it's too late. I wish I, I I wish I would have thought about this. I could have sent you the video that I made that I recorded of Channel 2 News here in Buffalo and the the sports anchor woman saying that uh, that Mitch Trubisky played most of the first mm-hmm. half and threw two passes and very much looked like he was afraid to th- or scared to throw the football, which is what you're referencing. Um, yes. it was absolutely by design. The Buffalo Bills were trying to put the run game on film. They're trying to figure out what they've got to figure out. They said during the season last year that they were going to take a Deep dive. They were taking a deep, deep dive in the first preseason game uh, for, for their team, just trying to figure out what they had, probably in Devin Singletary, what they had in, in the linemen that, that they had available. That's my opinion. It was, there was no, there was not a single time where uh, Mitch Trubisky walked to the line with the play call and and checked at the line and checked him into a run and then he handed the ball off. It was just straight snap, handoff, snap, handoff, snap, handoff. Oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah, I threw kidding. it up. <laughs> you let it rip, let it rip.
0: Uh, If it plays here, we (laughs) go. Yeah. Typically it's not going to play just because I want to play it for you guys. Um, But (laughs) there was, (laughs) there was some, this, this particular uh, news anchor had some very, very serious criticism of our, of our uh, backup quarterback, but it's not going to play. So I'm going to take it out. We'll try it again in a moment. Uh, And and, and, and in her mind,
3: just to finish it up. And in her mind, when she got done, like, Jake Fromm was the star of the night. Like it was, he was the star of the show because of one, the one pass he threw. but go ahead, Sturls.
1: Ooh, wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say to all that. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I mean, I, I really don't know what to say. I, I think, uh, Mitchell Trubisky did what he was supposed to do. Uh, he, he, he I mean, they were showcasing the running game. They, they, the fact that they were, they zone run blocking scheme. That's what they showcased. That's mm-hmm. what they showcased. Um, Devin Singletary works best in a zone blocking scheme. That's mm-hmm. why he, that's why he played the way he did. They want to get chemistry out of this offensive line. They know who their top five is, but it was more of a showcase to see what Cody, what Cody Ford was going to be this year and, and, and what he showed that he he that boy can play some some guard he can play that that that's what they showed so right. two passes i don't care i mean yeah the one pass he kind of threw it at dude's feet uh but that's that's not quarterbacks need rhythm like Tr- trubisky can play in this league He's not a starter material, but the dude can play. So well, I'm not, I don't care what they say that. But he's,
3: he's played 50 games. He's won 29 of them. Go ahead. See if it'll play. If not, I've got the, I've got to get the backwards version here. No audio. He did.
2: Well, that is the story right now is the backwards, right? A huge storyline, obviously, is that quarterback plays. The bill definitely wanted to add depth to the addition with Mitchell Trubisky. And tonight was his time to shine. The former first round pick has been looking for a way to get back on track. And you know what? track was off center tonight we only saw him in the first half he was only one for two totaling 10 yards looked like he was scared to throw it but basically just handed it off all night basically to De- devin singletary he got to he has to go back to the drawing board basically and on the other hand made this web for a solid tonight 11 for 16 and 90 yards one touchdown to Devin Singletary Jake Fromm, though man he's the star of tonight who hadn't played in two years also finished with eight <laughs> for 13 and 65 yards from coming down to the end leading the bill to a victory getting rid of the ball very quickly out of the pocket and a beautiful complete pass to Barquez Stevenson for 42 yards, Segment for Tyler Bass field goal, which would end up winning the game. And, but, you know, long story short is after game one, Josh Allen needs to stay healthy because in my mind, there is no solid quarterback as of right now. Let's
0: start. So real quick. She needs to have her mind checked. <laughs> Well, real quick, because I don't want this to be, I want to make sure I make this clear. This is not like a a mansplaining thing, speaking about a woman. This has nothing to do with her being a woman. This has everything to do with the take just being awful, in my opinion. Um, If if Joe would have said this, I would have been like, Joe, what the heck, dude? I just think it's awful. You know, if, if. If the gameplay or the plan was for him to actually go back there and fling it out there 15 times and he didn't throw it and took sacks or he, you know, tried to figure – then, yeah, okay, I, w- I would agree with that. But that's not – to me, that's not what I saw. Um, Joe, you're the one that sent me the video, and I know we, you already kind of <laughs> had some comments on it. Why don't you uh, just kind of go for it for a quick second?
3: I mean, what do what you – it has nothing to do with her being a female. It has more about her. She either She either was reading the copy and didn't watch the game and somebody wrote the copy for her or she watched the game and literally knows nothing about football at all because this is this much I can promise you if a quarterback even especially in preseason went out on the football field if they called pass play and he handed it off they called another pass play and he handed it off by the third pass play they called and he hands it off they're calling timeout and yanking him off the football field like there's no world where the quarterback just snaps the ball and is like you take it like that just doesn't happen in the nfl right if they call a pass play he throws it if they call a run play he hands it off you hand it off
0: i don't i don't know what uh how scary you have to be to to take it uh, you know to actually listen to the play call but okay channel channel,
3: channel, two, <laughs> channel two buffalo wgrz
0: so, like I said, shout out to Channel 2. I love them normally. Uh, that was just a bad take there for me. That, w- that was horrible. Uh, but moving on, like, no, that's no, still in the same. He wants to talk. But no, no. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on because yeah. it's, it's still in the same breath. But she talked about handing the ball off multiple times to Devin. What did you think about Devin? Is Devin RB1? I know Joe and a couple others, like, nah, he 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 improved. He looks a little bit quicker. He looks like he's decisive. And I agree. He looked very good last week. What do you think?
1: You're asking me or Joe?
0: You, yeah, steros. yeah.
1: Oh, I, I, I thought he looked good. I, I think Devin Singletary looks good, but I, I didn't see. I don't, I don't see any improvement from Devin Singletary, uh, from what I saw. I just saw that he was in a in a better situation from a from a run scheme, uh, from from the blocking perspective, um, and he was more of a one key one cut runner, cut mm-hmm. and go. So. Yeah, I think Zach Moss is still probably RB1 just from what we saw last year towards the end of the season, Um, and that's okay. But running back one in this offense doesn't mean anything because they all split reps. Uh, If we want to be critical of anybody's running, it was Matt Breida. Um, I felt like Matt Breida needed to be more decisive, Um, you know, With some of his carries, you know, he kind of is kind of feeling out. But you also have to look at who was up front when he was running the ball too. So Mm -hmm. I need to see a little more moving forward uh, as far as Matt Breida goes. But to your point, Devin Singletary was Devin Singletary. What you saw right there was what we saw year one. That's the same dude. So,
0: yeah. For my question to that,
3: I was just saying Devin Singletary uh, rushed for five point four yards yards per carry as far as his average goes. Breida was two point seven. Antonio Williams was two point two. For me, if I'm looking at 2.7 versus 2.2 in a backup role, I don't care how much speed they have. I want the guy that runs angry. And Ant- Antonio Williams, for me, from game one, ran angry. Like, he he was attacking the defensive line when he had the ball. I'm not ready to crown Devin Singletary's RB1 and Zach Moss' RB2. I, you know, we still need to see more, but I think he definitely either helped his game, his roster position on this team, or, to your point, he des- definitely showcased himself to potentially bring us some some trade value. So
0: well, one of the things that I looked at when I saw it, it was like, um, I felt like the team helped with scheming. I feel like the scheme that we saw in that first quarter, really the, the first half, I don't feel like it was a scheme we saw all last season. And I could be wrong. I'm not the film breakdown guy. I, I'm not the the guy that can like really look and spot it. But I feel like the even though there's no real game plan, I feel like the the very early game plan going in was to um, let's let's play to Devin's strengths. Let's make sure that he looks pretty good. A couple of weeks ago, Joe and I did a, a roster prediction, kind of like a, a few shows in a row where we did like the overreaction, then chop up and hump day, not chop up. I'm sorry. Chop up's coming. Y'all It's coming, but uh, <laughs> we did, we did our roster predictions. And one of the things that I said was, and this was not in a slight to Devin because I love Devin. I really do love Devin. I thought that they were going to showcase him the same way we showcased Sammy Watkins the first year that Sean McDermott became coach. When Tyrod Taylor came out, it's like eight plays in a row. Tyrod to Sammy. Tyrod to Sammy. I think that game he was like, you know, he had like five receptions for like 80 something yards in the first preseason game of the year. And then a week later, he was traded. I have a strong, and again, if I'm wrong, I will gladly admit that I'm wrong about this because I would love to see Devin do well here in Buffalo. Right, but I really think that they put on a showcase that night. There's a reason why. Yeah, we got Mr. Trubisky. Let's. All the fans are excited to be, see our our quarterback too. They know that. They know that Mr. Trubisky's here, and we want to. There's a reason why the first quarter. I think the first five plays were handoffs to Devin. Like literally the first five plays. It may have been more. It may have been more than five. It was a lot. So, well, what do you think about that? And I'll start with you, Joe, because you and I talk and actually I, you and I had this conversation in the chat with Bruce. What do you what do you think? Do you think it's one of those situations where he was being showcased to kind of, um, you know, to get some love for a potential trade? Or do you think that the team is really like, OK, let's see what we got. Let's let's put all our shifts behind Devin. I think everybody
3: on this football team not named Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs and a couple others are being showcased all the time with Brandon Bean. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Like, I, I'm not necessarily sure like even i mean just pick a guy tyler bass is not being showcased he's obviously going to be here uh reed ferguson's not being like there's a few guys that are not being showcased but everybody else is i don't know i think they talked heavily about situational football that they were going to try to work situations into a real football game which that was you know mind you the speed probably wasn't you know game one ready uh there was a lot of backups on the field a lot of the bill starters didn't play i think they just wanted to see they just wanted to see what they're going to see. I but you can probably speak more to it yes that was a that was a high point cody ford was was absolutely mauling dudes but sterles you can speak to it i don't know how much of, of the film you've watched back and i don't want to put you on the spot but you and i've talked a lot about pin and pull versus the wide zone or running his own offense were they flipping around were they doing were they doing pin and pull uh like what what did you see as far as that goes was it were they trying to just put it on film and see if they make the, are they trying to make that decision right
1: yeah, I, I think chemistry has a lot to do with it. And I think you have to also, I mean, it goes back to Brian Dable and what he is. I mean, he is a thinking man's coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's he's right now, he's trying to see what, we all know they could pass the ball all over the field all day long. He's but they're trying it. to, they're yeah, they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we supplement the pass game mm-hmm. with the run game? And so what you saw, okay, we want to see what you guys look like out in space. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, last year, we didn't have all those guys healthy. Right. But Cody Ford is an athlete. You know, Darrell Williams is an athlete. Mitch Morse is an athlete. Feliciano is the probably the worst athlete on the on the offensive line that that's going to yep. start. Right. Yep. So they, the zone blocking works. You saw Cody Ford pulling. Oh, my God. It was like that. It was beautiful. Cody Ford was like ready to kill and destroy. So all y'all out there, y'all need to go ahead and get your damn. Get your letter ready because slandering that boy's name. My guy Jay Spence up there was, was came out was like, Y'all need to chill the hell out. So all y'all that were saying Cody Ford was trash and this and this and that and that blah 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 blah. Go ahead and apologize now. We're gonna give you the opportunity now to go ahead and do that. Jay Spence, you can uh you could be the uh the king of that, okay? But uh Man. Cody Ford, <laughs> Cody Ford came to play. He did, and I'm gonna yeah. give him credit.
0: I'm I'm going to give him credit too and I'm I'm okay. so proud of the fact that he came out in the first preseason game and and showed like you know what I mean like after all of the negativity that he was getting and after all of the whatever we want to call it he came out and was like you know what whatever forget y'all I'm a, I'm going to show y'all what it is before I before I keep going with a couple of things I do want to I want to ask and make sure uh for both I know Joe had a pretty busy day are you able to kind of stick around a little oh, bit yeah. and go into overtime yeah 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 and and I apologize again for being late and Sturles
1: hi what up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got some extra time too, Stros. Can you kick around for a minute?
1: Oh, as long as you want. Let's go. <laughs>
0: All right, let's do this. Let's do. It. For the record, I just want everybody to know. Like right now, we're still kind of just just running this. But during the season, the way this is gonna work, the first hour will be the podcast, and then I'm actually gonna go probably a half hour to 45 minutes overtime every single week. And this is the opportunity for the super chats, and this is the opportunity for us to talk. I really want to get in, you know a bunch of engagement this season with you guys. So um, I'm gonna do the pod that will be posted for a full hour, and then after that, we're gonna stay live, but the show won't you know it just won't continue you as far as the recording process but all right moving on one more time the defensive line yo first of all this is the most excited I've been about the defensive line since we had the cold front and by the cold front I'm talking about when we had like uh, what is it, Darcel Marius? I gotta say it like that. When we had Darcel Marius, and we, had, you know, and we had like literally, you can, you, you are everybody Hughes knows and Hughes and Mario.
3: Like, yep, yep, for sure.
0: It was like it was like the best line the wide, that the you, wide like, nine,
3: the wide nine.
0: So let's start with let's start with Joe with this because I know how how Joe actually he he had to tell me you need to put some some respect on Mario Williams name because I was upset. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I was upset. Do we have two of the cold front?
3: I don't know yet. Obviously, I mean, it's I, if I'm going to react, then I'm going to overreact. I loved the energy. the The energy was back, and the energy was great. There were some. <clears throat> there was a lot of. There was a lot of great wins. There was a lot of winning that, that Groot was doing with his length, which was great. And and. You know, when you saw him stick his hand out and stuck his hand in the chest of the tackle, and the tackle was kind of like this, cupping his hands together because he couldn't reach him, kind of like what our dads used to do when they would hold <laughs> us off with their hand like this, and you're like, eh. literally, that was kind of what was going on there. He got folded up a little bit in the run game, which Sterles could probably speak to. I think from the from the ground standpoint, you know, there probably wasn't as much as we want to see, but hey, it's it's preseason game number one. Uh, number one, rather, I loved the, the energy out of F.A. Obata. I loved what I saw out of Andre Smith. I know he's not part of the line, but as far as this defense goes, there's a lot to be hopeful for. I, I'm going to go back and say it. If this defense can find what it had in 2019 and we get 2020 Josh Allen back,
0: book your flights to Buffalo for
3: the parade. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Well, I'm going to just be honest. I already kind of got, I already kinda got the, the flight booked because it's cheap <laughs> and uh, I can cancel if it needs to be. But before I move to Sterl's, you just mentioned F.A. Obata. And a couple weeks ago on our prediction show, you were struggling with trying to figure out if he makes the roster or where you see him. after week. And I know it's only been one preseason game. Do you still feel the same way or do you think now he's kind of more so um, a guy that you feel will make the 53? I, I, I'm, I'm still nervous because Daryl Williams didn't exactly hurt himself and Daryl Waves
3: is the fifth edge rusher on the left side or on the right side right now, the fifth John. f- Daryl Johnson. Sorry, Daryl Johnson's number five, uh, uh, on the right side. So if if he makes the team, how many how many guys are going to keep? Right, Epenesa yeah. looked good. Ob- Obata looked good. Uh, Basham is kind of the only one that kind of really didn't shine and didn't flash in that football game. Groot looked good. Hughes is making this football team. Are we back to having the conversation about Mario Addison getting cut? I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you keep old guys regardless of cap and let young guys go because they're going to get scooped up by other teams and then they're going to win championships with other teams but that's just my thoughts so i don't it's right. good, it's cut down date we're gonna cry there's gonna be a lot of us crying it's gonna be bad.
0: i told up. i told everybody when we did that show i said look it's gonna be some breakups that y'all not ready for oh yeah it's, it's gonna be some breakups do you think that we got the second coming of the cold front
1: i will say uh, the second coming because we had elite. That, uh, in my opinion, at that time it was elite talent. Marcel Darius was, I think, Darius. Well, whatever <laughs> you want to call him. Okay, <laughs> Darius. Big, big boy had. I think he had <laughs> like ten sacks, and so did Kyle Williams. Okay, so yeah. you, by yeah. my calculations, that puts them, those two at, at the defensive tackle position in the top ten of the league. So, and then you had Mario Williams, who was a top five defensive end in the league at the time, top three even. So, no, we don't – it's not the second coming of the cold front, but I think this is the best defensive line that we've had from top to bottom, like from from a depth standpoint. And I've been saying – I said this on on the hoof last week. I even mentioned this on your show uh, uh, last week. We talked about the defensive line, Mm -hmm. and I was really high on the defensive line. And and, and I told y'all, Groot's going to – that boy, he's going to ball out. He's going to ball out, and he did. He did. So, I like like this – defense. I love this defensive line. I love it. I think this is the best defensive line Sean McDermott has had in his career.
3: I just don't know how you keep, even with the, even with the uh, the youth and how young they are. I don't know how Addison and Butler stay on this football team. Don't you hold on to that youth?
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think Addison makes it. I think McDermott, he, he loves his guys. Mm-hmm. He loves his guys. But yeah, I think Vernon Butler's he's, he's gone. He gone.
3: He slotted ahead of Harrison Phillips in that football game.
1: So yeah, weird. He, he's gone. He Weird. is gone. he gone. <laughs> what did
3: you, th- you think of Harrison Phillips? How do you think he played in that football game?
1: I, I think he was uh he was okay. I think yeah. he has some some good snaps. I you would have liked to see him win on third and short, you mm. know. I, I think he failed to uh seize the moment there and he, he, I don't think he anchored down enough. Um, so I think that hurts him. Mm. Uh, but he was okay. I mean, if you want to talk about uh what, what he did on the on the rush attempt with uh, Epinesa and uh, grew on the end he kind of forced he was the, the catalyst to to force jared goff into that sack that group got right right i mean you really should have credit that to to uh, harrison Phillips and the pressure yeah. that he applied up front so um it's i need to see more consistency he, he he can't afford to have mistakes if he wants to make the team right right for he, sure he can't afford it so, and
3: for some reason, Vernon Butler can afford to make mistakes, which which is just bewildering
1: to me. Bobby Hart and Vernon <laughs> Butler they they should be friends because they're both going to be packing their bags. <laughs> so it's like, bro, when are you leaving? When am I leaving, bro? When are you leaving? It <laughs> like that Spider Man meme when they're all both pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah
3: exactly. They, yeah,
1: exactly. they go, they go.
0: Well, let me ask you this because um, we're still talking about the defense. Leslie Frazier today also uh, he he it seemed like he was like oozing. When he was talking about the Tulule, and I know um, earlier in the year Joe and I on the the Hump Day Hotline we talked about how um, it was a possibility that you know like yeah he looks like he's in shape but he lost so that means he's undersized or it means this or he gets got to gotta get back in game shape and but you know we, we, we went through all of the the things how um I know we didn't we're not able to really talk to how he's going to look during the season. But how do you feel hearing everything that we're hearing out of camp and everything that you're hearing from the coaches, what's your feeling on star being back as an addition to this defensive line?
3: God's true. Cause
0: we, we haven't talked about him, Like, you know, like the guys that you all just met, mentioned, nobody says star. Everybody was talking about boogie. Like literally everybody that you guys just named star was not mentioned, but star yep. is a lock. Yep.
1: Oh, he's a lock. He he's the icing on the cake. He, Okay, I think we have to remember Star is an average defensive tackle. But his niche of what he does best elevates uh, his role in this defense because the ability to plug up, you know, to plug the middle. Boogie and that Oliver, and and I guess everybody on on the defensive line is going to benefit because he can consistently eat up two guys. He's that strong. His strength, his ability to anchor down he does need to be able to make more plays which he doesn't but that that's not what they're asking him to do right mm-hmm. so i think that carlos basham is going to benefit and oliver is is immensely going to benefit because you watch ed oliver in one-on-one reps he is tough as hell for for offensive mm-hmm. linemen to, to mm-hmm. handle and, yeah. and we saw boogie you know I, and i boogie wants to do the the dwight freeney all the time he's he gonna have to get a couple more moves in his pass rush arsenal, so he's gonna have to improve there. But uh, yeah, star is star is gonna be huge, but we're not gonna see it statistically, right? We're just gonna see it from a standpoint. He's gonna hold up to Tremaine Edmonds is gonna. Uh, benefit and i think the rest of the defensive line members are going to do as well so yeah. Joe, before
0: you um before you comment on that i, I wanted to kind of so everybody knows what i'm talking about I, kinda, I just wanted to play this really quickly this is defensive coordinator leslie frazier talking about Star tulale today um during his presser some of why he didn't play in that ball game is some of the good things we've seen in practice that was enough that we've seen to tell us it wasn't necessary to put him out there in that ball game that we could wait another week and continue to evaluate some of the other players we wanted to be able to see. So he's had a really good camp. Uh, You know, we were all wondering what it would be be like when we got him back. And, uh, boy, he's been uh, a bright light for us uh, in in a lot of ways. So we still got some work ahead of us. You know, he'll get a chance to get some work this week and and, and maybe in in the third preseason game as well. But up to this point, he's been a big boost uh, to our defensive line.
3: So what do you think, Joe? You're almost looking at him like a specialist, right? I mean, it's almost what you were saying, Stirls. He's almost like a specialist. What he does, he doesn't do a lot well, but what he does well is that one thing he does well. And when he's on the field for his 52% of his snaps, it makes everybody around him better because they have, have to face less competition, right? So Ed Oliver's going to get back to one-on-ones. Groot is going to get one-on-ones. Jerry Hughes is going to get one-on-ones because star is trouble. He's, he's a little bit of a problem. He's a nuisance inside when he's out, you know, when he's on the football field, I, I, I am, I I have said it a hundred times last year. If Star Tulele is the reason that defense fell from third to 20, whatever it was early in the season, the first half of the season last year, then he might be the greatest defensive tackle to play football. We're about to find out if that defense comes out this year and star makes that big of a difference. I don't know what to say other than that dude probably belongs in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, isn't that what we're saying? 52% of the snaps, and he can take a defense from 20 to 3?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not just star, though.
3: I, you, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, obviously, with yeah. star out, you're moving Ed to the 1, right? And, it, like, you're shuffling players around, and they had some trouble in some other areas. But, I mean, it's hard to believe that one guy can make that big of a difference. But he's you know.
1: uh, he's he's Trevor Ariza in his prime, DN3. Right. I mean, that's basically what it is. he comes in. He does his 111. And
0: he right. sits the hell down. <laughs> right. right. And, yeah. And what? And the thing that I'm I'm extremely I guess excited about. You know, I know a couple minutes ago we just mentioned how Boogie Basham needs to add some some moves to his uh, repertoire to to really get going. Early on in the process, after after the draft, everybody was like, "Well, we got Boogie, who's ready to play now." And then we got the guy with all the raw traits, and and now it's looking like our first round draft pick is actually ready to play. And our second has to be developed a little. Not, not that he won't play. He's going to play. But I'm saying, like, it looks like he needs, he needs some work. He needs to add some moves. He needs to do some things. But what I'm excited about is having Starr back. There were a lot of times, especially last season, uh, we always hear the Bills are one of the best in the league at, at uh, quarterback pressures, first of all. Yeah, I know I complain about that because to me, um, a disruptive play means you literally disrupted the play like it it was a bad play at that point. I don't want to disrupt the quarterback and they still convert a third and four uh, for 12 yards. You know, so to me, that's not an actual pressure. I feel like this year with the length that we have on the on the D line now, including F.A. Obata, including Groot, I think that now Star is going to he's really going to show again. It won't be sacks it won't be like you're right it's not going to show up on the stat sheet but i really do think joe i think this is the year that um star is going to prove his worth to all of the fans that doubted him all the people that said why is he making this much money he doesn't even have any sacks whatever i think he proves like look i eat these double teams up and i let guys like ed oliver Mm. go and eat i take i take all these double teams so now uh greg rousseau can go and do his thing like this is what i do Mm. so i think this year and i think trey white all the criticism that trey white got I think it matters a lot to Trey White if yep. the defensive line can actually do their job. When you're expected, whether you, I don't care if you're the best cornerback in the league, I don't care if you're Revis, if you are expected to cover a guy for seven seconds, more than likely he's going to catch the ball. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's very difficult to guard a guy that long. Um, but but that's just how I feel. I really do think that the overall defense is going to improve because of Star. So no, I don't think I know you were being a little sarcastic with the way you said it. I don't think he's the greatest, but Honestly, I think the dude is is super valuable. I don't think there's I don't think there's 10 more valuable defensive tackles in the league. I'm not saying 10 better, there are, sure, but sure. I think for for what he means to the team, I don't think that there's too many guys that are more valuable in the defensive tackle position than Starla Tuletay is for the Buffalo Bills.
3: I can't disagree with anything you just said.
0: That's a first. That I was expecting true.
3: Joe. That is not true. That happens a lot.
0: I was expecting Joe to get me on that. What do you think about that, Stero? Since Joe is on my side this time.
1: Yeah, I, I just think uh go back and look at 2015 Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. and, and what Star La impact was. And that was Star in his prime. Uh he was he had some moments where he's disruptive. And this and it's and I think it's gonna be consistent with what we've seen from Star. Mm-hmm. Like Star sometimes makes a splash play, right? Mm-hmm but you don't really notice him on the field because he's he's doing all the dirty work that and that's what they paid him to do when so when when we signed Star to for what we signed him for everybody was like oh i was too like that's a lot of money but we didn't have we didn't have the necessary pieces around him to make him look the way he needs to to look Mm. now they do now we're gonna see no, so now star can't he's gonna make a few plays because now you have guys around him that can ball too yeah and, and i think that's, that makes him a complete unit
3: and it's gonna Great. confuse it's gonna confuse a lot of people with him in there when they throw an Obada inside when they throw groot inside when they throw mm-hmm. like when they throw three defensive ends and star on the field it's gonna ha- they're gonna have to think about it the quarterback and the, the line and the quarterback's gonna have to they're gonna have to figure some stuff out on the fly pretty
0: quick right yeah. did you did you yeah. guys
1: see Rousseau in when he was as reps inside oh mm. my god
0: it's gonna be fun <laughs> Bro,
1: <laughs> it's gonna be fun he's nasty that boy is <laughs> nasty man I'm disgusting I be, godly disgusting. People, I don't people, Yo. people don't realize how good he's gonna be
0: well i didn't and i'm being honest about that when we when we drafted him i was like oh. you know like i was really disappointed He's going to be nasty. But, yo, before we because I feel like we're going to dive into that a little bit. I want to give everybody uh, who's listening to this by pod a chance to know where they can find your work, because uh, this show is going to end via podcast. Uh, so, Sterles, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find your content and what you got coming up for the season?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter at Ferro Sterling. I'm with the Cover One Network. Uh, we have the Hoof Podcast on Tuesday nights. Uh, we're going to once once the season starts, we're going to be dropping our Friday pod as well, uh, completely different from the Tuesday night show. So, uh, you know, we're going to be, you know, giving some uh, in-depth analysis and just just, you know, talking bills, man. Uh, you know, we're going to have some some good guests coming up during the season and uh, we're just going to be, be rocking it, man
0: the voice joe miller the real voice joe the buttery voice joe miller why don't you let everybody know what you got going on and what you got coming up man the
3: the blushing joe miller uh (laughs) it's almost obligatory at this point everybody i think i feel like everybody you and i are together so much i feel like everybody knows who i am but you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired uh and i uh host the overreaction show the overreaction maybe post game show i might call it through the season so nine o'clock on sundays that's my primary show. And then, obviously, I'm on with you on uh, Wednesday nights, uh, 9 o'clock. And I got some other stuff coming up off-tech with John Fina and then a pregame show, too, that's going to air before yours, before the chop-up on Saturdays. But, yeah, come find me on Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's going down. Find them on Twitter. Um, it's going to be a good season. You have something else? No, no, I want you to close it out. Oh. It. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, no, before I do, I had a couple of announcements myself. Okay. So, like Sterling mentioned, we have, we have the chop-up joint or starting um, as of September, the first Saturday in September, or actually no, it's gonna be the second Saturday in September. It's the day before the game. The chop up is gonna air this year. Instead of Mookie and myself, it's gonna be myself with Sterling the guy that joined us here tonight. It's going to be Kristen Kimmick, the president for the Mafia Babes. And we got my homegirl Angelina White joining us. It's going to be a good time. Um, Before that, that same day, prior to the Chop Up premiere, we're going to be circling the wagons at this skating party. I need y'all to come. If you're in Buffalo for the home opener and you're there Saturday, Please, please, please come and join us at the Frank Young Sports Arena. It's going to be from 4 to 7 p.m. We're going to do the damn thing. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to try to go backwards and all that. I told him he got to play some Cisco because that's what I was skating to when I was a kid. They was skating, skating to Cisco. Uh, another, another thing, the week prior to that, I got my man, the real Mike Robb, NFL Network Analyst and former NFL fullback, joining me for the Code of Conduct. August 30th, 9 p.m., same place as you are right now. Come and kick it with me. That is the last time the Code of Conduct will air on a Monday night for the season. After that, the Code of Conduct is now moving to Tuesdays. Make sure y'all know it's on Tuesdays because Mondays y'all going to see Joe, which is cool. Please join Joe and John Fina for the off-tackle. That's what it's called, right, Joe? Yep, off-tackle. Yeah, Monday night, off-tackle. And then Tuesdays, come and kick it with me for the Code of Conduct. Those are all my announcements, so I'm done with that. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) y'all know how I do it here at the Code of Conduct. Love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Go Bills.
3: Okay, okay. so this is what I want to say. So there's parallels all over the place. And and Spence, you've brought them up in the past. But this hit me in, I don't even know where I was. I may have been in the truck. I don't even know. I remember being a little kid and being at a Buffalo Bills game. I don't know what year it was. It may have been uh, 85, 86. I don't don't exactly remember. And I remember not knowing a ton about football. So I might have been a little bit younger. I might have been 11. Um, And something happened on the field. And I remember the whole crowd booing. Right. So they're booing. Mm -hmm. I think it it might've been 85 booing. And I looked at my dad. I was like, dad, why are they booing? And he goes, they're not booing son. They're saying Bruce. Bruce." And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And here we are. We find ourselves with a quarterback that is lighting it up with potentially the best offense we've had ever. And we now have a defensive end that we potentially can sit in the stands and I can, you know, my daughter can ask me why they're booing. And I can say, no, honey, they're saying Groot. Yeah. Groot. So it's just kind of a kind Let's of a it. kind of a cool thing. So that I want to just kind of encapsulate that whole defensive line talk with just that that piece. Like I hope
0: I get 10 years of sitting in the stands going Groot.
2: So yeah. But
0: see, I'm excited about <laughs> it because the thing is if he's really obviously if he wouldn't have taken that year off, he probably would have been drafted top 10. Right. Oh, yeah. So if he was oh, drafted yeah. top 10 or top five, whatever, wherever he would have fell, we really may have gotten at 30, like right. a like a legitimate franchise defensive end. So we'll see. Shout out to my guy, Eli. First of all, I want everybody to know Eli is like one of the funniest dudes, but he's one of the most loyal guys. I appreciate you, Eli. He says our Buffalo Bills will go toe to toe with the National Darlings, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And we will surprise everybody. This Bills will be better. Go Bills. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think this is our year. I, I said it earlier in the in the season or early in the offseason. Yo, this is the last season y'all really can expect me to be humble because when it happens, it's not going to be fun. And Joe keep laughing at me. But I'm telling you, this is the last season y'all could expect me to be humble. Um, do you feel the same? I feel like Joe, is still, are you, you're still kind of being humble with this. No, I'm, no
3: I No, I. told you a couple weeks ago, I'm all in. And you, you you, said, finally, you've gotten to where I am. I'm all in on this thing. Like, to me, anything but a championship to me is a disappointment at this
0: point. Super Bowl or bust. Let's get it. What do you think, Stross? Where are you at?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's Super Bowl or bust, man. They got it. They got to get a chip this year, next year. I don't care, but they, they got to get it done.
0: They got to get it done. I feel like it's happening, man. Um, so to talk about a little bit of that championship pedigree, I wanted to bring up and and by this, I'm not saying that this person has a championship. I'm talking about it from the standpoint that I feel like he saw two championship caliber rosters last year. What are your thoughts after the first preseason game? And again, everything that we're hearing from everywhere and all this stuff. What are your thoughts really about Jake Kummerow now at this point? Because I I really do think Jake Kummer makes this damn roster. I don't think it's a question. I think he's on the roster, and I think he's a big part of the offense. Um, We can start with Joe here, and then uh, the next question I'll start with Sterles. The reason why I'm starting with Joe here is because – Joe and I have a bet and uh, I'm not gonna go and grab my cam jersey again because you know what I mean but we have a bet going on so Joe how do you feel about <laughs> Jake kumro touchdown Jesus at this point I love touchdown Jesus that's the problem is I, I keep
3: being called a hater i i I would love to have this kid on our football team I mean it's uh Jake Kumaro is good I just it's been one preseason game and guess what he didn't catch a pass so I and I know that they ran the ball a lot when he was on the football field I just don't mm-hmm. I it too, it's way too early we just don't know what's in their heads we don't know what's in their minds dare I say this is the first set of preseason games where even after the first one and I don't know that it'll change after two where Bill's Mafia is just as confused about like we're all just confused about what the coaching staff is trying to do like what are they doing this preseason because it it was confusing it was must see tv I watched it till the end which I normally don't do in the preseason either so I watched it till it hit double zero hit triple zeros but there was a great deal of, like, from the,
0: from the start, like, what, what, is, what are they doing? I mean, didn't you guys feel that way? Like, Well, I always, when I go into the preseason games, I don't, I honest to God, I don't read too much into them at all. Like, even not, with the depth chart, like, last week. No, I'm not saying you were, but I'm saying, like, even with depth charts and how they do them, I yeah, look at it like it's the preseason. So I don't think much into it. But normally, but normally you see
3: some semblance of an offense, right? And the whole first-team offense for that game was hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. And I, I think it was more than five. It got to the point where it was like seven, eight, nine times. I was like, what is
0: going on? Like, does this dude, well, does, does his arm hurt? <laughs> well, you know what? Let me ask you this in, in the comments, because this, this is question time. So come on, throw some throw some questions out for us. But let me ask you, because I, I know I asked during the pod, but did it look like to you that, that Devin was being showcased to be shipped out? Or did it look like? You know, they were really just trying to establish a running game and, and consistency there.
3: I'm confused. I just I know that it just put us in a situation where we did not get to see a lot of Isaiah Hodgins and we did not get to see a lot of Jake Coomera, which I was excited to see. I was excited to see those two right in prime time. That's what I wanted to see in that football game.
0: Yeah. What do you what do you think, uh, Stros? Do you think Jake is like, you know, how do you how do you view Jake for this roster right now?
1: Uh he's wide receiver six. Uh he's making the squat. I think, you know, when you look at uh what does he so I look at it, okay. I know what he brings to the table, but what does he need to improve? And and I guess it's it's getting off the line of scrimmage consistently into a route. Just like mm-hmm. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, you know, once, once he's faced with being pressured, you know, hands on him, I think they struggle to 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 get separation. Um but I think where Jay Kumro, I think he's better from a physical standpoint athletically, I think he has more of it between the ears, right? It's his experience. So any any and he plays special teams again. So I think he makes a team over Isaiah Hodges. The fact that Isaiah Hodges got hurt does not help his cause. Now, if the bills keep seven, maybe you know, Isaiah Hodges makes a team if they keep seven. But then you have to look at, okay, Marquez Stevenson. Mm. I think he made, a, I think he, he showed a few things. And if you mm. guys go back and look at his route running, he put he
2: dude, improved.
0: Yeah. He improved
1: Marquez Stevens. route running was, is way better. Than what I saw from his tape college tape. So right. he might have yeah, something he's, to say. He,
3: not only he definitely did, improved. Not yeah. only did he improve. And I don't mean to steal the thunder for the segue. Cause I think I know where you're going. With the next question for Sterl's. He put stuff on tape from a kick return standpoint that let's be honest, the Buffalo Bills are one of the few teams last year that kept a kick return and pump return specialist in one. Normally teams have a kick returner and they have a punt returner. And if there's a team out there that is down a kick returner or needs a kick returner or doesn't like the one they have, and you cut Marquez Stevenson and he he's not going to make it to the practice squad. Somebody's going to grab mm-hmm. him because he showed that he can return kicks at the NFL level. He showed that on Friday night.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so before I I do follow up that question with with Sterles, uh Richard asks, and this is I guess for the sake of our bet, what yeah. happens if they keep seven wide receivers and Kumaro and Hodges both make the roster? I think Bruce has to wear the jersey. <laughs> I would love I would love if that, if we finally got a Bruce reveal because of this bet. Like that would be. The, <laughs> So well, the follow up now to Sterros. Then from that question now. So if Kumaro makes it, or if if Hodge or whatever it is, right? I think I think there is. It's almost at this point. It's it feels like everybody just assumes that Isaiah McKenzie has won the punt and kick return position. Uh, do you feel like he's he's won that role, or do you feel like Stevenson is showing a like you said his his um route running and everything is actually kind of improving it looks very good if I'm being honest it looks very good compared to what we saw on film what do do you think
1: I you want me to be completely honest
0: yes yeah it's all I ever asked you for
1: I think Isaiah McKenzie graduated I I think he's a he's a legitimate wide receiver he Mm. is a legitimate wide receiver now and I think what Marquez Stevenson showed if he can continually do that in these next two games he may win the punt return and kick return a team and let Isaiah McKenzie be like a real wide receiver. Wow. Well, you don't have to do that.
0: Okay, so if that happens, then um what is your what is your wide receiver room look like? Because there's only because early not, on, Kumaro's not I, six.
3: At that point, Kumaro's not six.
0: Right. And also, like I said, Joe and I did our product prediction and to me it, it mattered. So if, if Stevenson didn't win the role, to me, he was a practice squad receiver, even though he was a draft pick. If um if I said earlier, or not tonight, but if Isaiah McKenzie didn't win the role, I thought that the team moved on from him, especially because his contract doesn't hurt us to, to move on from him. Yeah. So if you're saying that he graduated, which I, which I agree with, I love Isaiah McKenzie, and I feel like a lot of times I get slack for my takes, even though people don't know. I, I truly love Isaiah McKenzie. What, what's, your, what's your wide receiver room look like, if that's the case? Who gets left out?
1: Oh, I think uh, Gentry. And I think Isaiah Hodgins. I think well, they get left out.
3: Well, there's twelve on this roster. There's twelve wide receivers.
1: What? The other ones don't even matter. <laughs> Brandon Duke Powell. Duke gone. Brandon Powell he gone. But I think you're 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 looking at Dig Sanders, Beasley, McKenzie, Davis, Kumaro, Stevenson.
0: I want to throw up this Eli comment. There is no way we are cutting Taiwan Jones. Can we please stop? Yeah. asking to cut taiwan jones taiwan jones is a very 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 important part of the special teams we are not cutting taiwan jones
3: was daryl johnson that's the problem
0: yeah but more so than daryl johnson taiwan jones is a very 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 the only i feel like the only way this happens at this point is if he really just craps the bed right what he does he he does what he does very well at special teams. Sure. So there, there's no like literally he has to go into practice and just be like coming in drunk or something like he there's no way he's not making this roster. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, Taiwan Jones makes the roster. I think uh, Daryl Johnson, I think he can get cut because I think the Kumaro can 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 play special teams. You know Mm -hmm. you have to look at that, and there's uh, a couple other guys that that can play special teams. Uh, So uh, I think Daryl Johnson, he he might not make the squad. I don't care how much Leslie Frazier and those guys beef him up, but how much how much room? I mean everybody can't make it? I don't think he makes the roster. He I don't don't think he's going to make the roster.
0: John says we've cut. He's he's referring to Taiwan Jones. We've cut him before. We have, but we also brought him back for a reason. As soon as the Texans let him go, he was right back in Buffalo. Like there's and we also
1: had Andre Roberts too.
0: Well, different roles. Andre different Roberts, roles, but teams, there's but, still know, a
1: number. There's still a number in the in the in the special teams team uh, Yeah,
0: I'm no, I'm with that. you. But but yeah, Tyron, Jones, like like around the league, it's not just in Buffalo and it's not just in Houston. Around the league, people respect Taiwan Jones the same way around the league people respect to your point andre roberts so just in buffalo and i I have this debate all the time since we did like the the um the thing on the pod fathers pod you know we were with joe marino and what was on bruce's pod i i absolutely value special teams It, it feels like i value special teams more than the community of western new york uh so joe as far as special teams because, because obviously, I, I must be wrong at some point. Because I, I value it so much, and I think the the valuable pieces in that room deserve a spot because of how valuable special teams are. How do you feel about the, the this whole Taiwan Jones conversation? Do you feel like um his value is like it, it should put him as a lock for the for the team, or would you agree here with uh with Eli and John and, and others in the chat who are saying that he's probably on his way out?
3: I think the Buffalo Bills like players that can do multiple things. Tyler Medicavich is probably more important to the special teams than Taiwan Jones is. And oh, by the way, he's showing that he can play linebacker in this four-three defense. Uh, Daryl Johnson is—I know—as much as you feel like he's not heralded by the NFL, according to Leslie Frazier and some of the other players, uh, coaches on the team, he is heralded by the NFL. Coaches ask other teams. Coaches ask all the time about him, uh, as far as him—you know—his skill set, how fast he is, how big he is how good he is on special teams, and he can play defensive end. Um, Taiwan Jones is a one-hit wonder. He's a gunner, and that's all he does. And, oh, by the way, he's getting a little bit old. At some point in time, these guys get long in the tooth. I'm not going to be surprised if anybody's cut, to be honest with you. I'll be surprised if Stephon Diggs is cut. I'll be surprised if Cole Beasley's cut. Outside of that, like, everybody's a cut or trade candidate that's not named, not wearing number 17, not named Josh Allen, right? I mean... I don't know that I have a better answer. Uh, Special teams are very important to me as well because I get frustrated and furious when the special teams are bad. So uh, who's the guy that we had? Uh, Danny Crossing, right? Is That was his name. He's now in Miami. He made it the second time around with us. And when he came back to us, special teams were garbage. And then they shipped him off and he he ended up in Miami. Uh, So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, special teams are incredibly important. Uh, I think to all Bills fans, people just don't understand rosters, which is why they got mad about Andre Roberts because they were foolish. As far as Taiwan Jones goes, I mean he's he's a he's a one trick pony, and it, the question is going to be: Is can can another smaller guy or another little Gunner type body type guy get down the field? I don't have that answer. I'm not at practice every day, so I don't I don't know.
0: Okay, I mean that's fair. So Isaiah McKenzie had an interview not too long ago. Or it may have been it may not have been an interview. It may have just been one of his pressers, and he said specifically when it comes to Taiwan Jones, he said like the dude has elite attributes and speed when it comes to um special teams and being a gunner. It's mm-hmm. it's not so I understand what you mean when you say it's a one trick pony type thing. Like he's a gunner. That's what he does. But when I tell you how valuable that is that teams cannot return on us, like they catch it and they get tackled or they have it's a fair catch because he's it's so important. elite at it. It's important I, I really think that it's way more important than we're giving it credit for. Um I, I think Sterris wanted to say something
1: there. Yeah. Um I, here's something I just thought of what makes Taiwan Joe is expendable is the, why did they go get Matt Hawk? The, the guy has a lot of hang time. So if you're, when you're kick, when you're punting and which the bills don't punt a lot, when that hang time is up there, you're going to see a lot of this, Right. which, which you don't necessarily the, the, the emphasis on having an elite gunner, you can, you can part ways with that. I think that's probably that's why they didn't bring Bohorquez back, because he's all power, no finesse. They went and got a punter. That's all finesse. Right. Um, you know, so I think situationally, I think that makes Taiwan Jones expendable if they if they had to go that route and also agree with what you guys are saying. Everybody's a trade candidate. So Devin Singletary could be traded. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm still to, on that. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, so, that's
0: the hill I'm dying on until the season starts and he's he's with us.
1: Everything that we've learned about Brandon being a Sean McDermott, they like they like to keep their options open. There, mm-hmm. he's, he's always looking for an opportunity to to maximize this potential on his roster. So I think we have to. That I think that's the basis and the foundation of where they're going with. And they're mm-hmm. also extremely and meticulous and they they think mm-hmm. everything. So I, I think everything that y'all there's no wrong answer. And I think everything that we're talking about tonight can, is literally true. <laughs> It's true. And, 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 you see, pre-season, what
3: I'm preseason game number one. <laughs>
1: but but, but the, to the point of to Matt to Matt Hawk though, I think we I don't think we're putting enough emphasis on like what he did on on Saturday was really great, and what he what, he's consistent. What we've seen from right. him as a punter, even with the Miami Dolphins, that right. that hang time. You don't have to have great gunners if if he's you know kicking the ball that well.
0: Agreed. True. That's all good points. So before we end the show, I do want to shout out my guy, John Herring, one more time. Um, and this is what it comes down to for me. Mm. Whatever it ends up being, I trust Bean and, and uh, my man, Sean McDiddy. You know what I mean? Like, I trust both of them to the point where it's like, look, they, they've they made calls when we when they first got here that I was like, what? No. Like, I remember how heartbroken everybody was when Shady was cut. I remember how heartbroken everybody was when we traded away. You know, like, I, I remember. Sammy. Sammy was tough for me it was tough even though he had injuries it was tough because I couldn't understand trading away a guy that we traded up for I just couldn't understand it so but look what it comes down to is Brandon Bean has has given us every reason to trust him he's he's had a couple misses I don't want to act like he's perfect but overall he's put us in a position to win and I'm going to trust him ladies and gentlemen Thank you so much for joining me My brother Joe Miller My other brother Sterles for the girls From cover one This was the Code of Conduct With the King podcast And this was live On the Buffalo Rumblings podcast Or YouTube network Thank you so much for joining us Everybody I'm going to say it again Love each other Because it's so important Love each other Take care of each other And live in peace And as always Stay positive Test negative Go Go Bills Go
3: Bills Go Bills